This is the Come Up Steps to Success podcast with your hosts, James Lawson and Courtney Steven. What's going on, everybody? It's your boy, Courtney Steven. This is the Come Up podcast. And if you're looking to improve, get better, go further, do it faster, then you're in the right place. Today, I'm joined by my special friend, Lida McLallan, who is a PR publicist professional. In other words, she helps people with great stories reach a huge audience so they can improve their business. Now, this is not necessarily only reserved for authors. She works with people who put out books, but, 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 but if you put out any type of content at all, video, article, blogs, whatever it is that you do, the strategies that she's about to teach you right now are things that you can take and apply to your game. Now, if you are thinking about putting out a book sometime in the future, I highly suggest get out your pen, your pad, uh, open up the notes in your phone and, and, you know, pay attention because this is straight from, you know, the professionals who do this day in and day out. All right. She has gotten people on Forbes, HuffPost, BuzzFeed, you know, all of the major media outlets that you can think of. So. Like I said, connect with my friend Lida McLaughlin on Instagram. Her handle is below in the description. And your boy, you know me. You know where to find me at. So enough talking. Let's get to the good stuff. What's going on, everybody? It's another episode of the Come Up Podcast. I'm your man, Courtney Steven. And today I'm here with my special friend, Lida, who is a PR professional. She specializes in helping entrepreneurs, CEOs, and thought leaders publish, market, and gain publicity for their books. So if you ever thought about putting together a book or how you would, you know, get it out there to the people, spread the good word, this is the person you need to talk to. So, Lida, how are you doing today? I'm good. I'm good. It's sunny and blue sky in Vancouver, so it's nice to it's nice to see the actual clear sky out instead of all the rain. Oh man, that West Coast lifestyle is something to envy though. For for us, we just got out of the snow like a couple of days ago. Yeah. Yeah, just I think Vancouver's just like this pocket of like no snow and no rain everywhere else in Canada is just the opposite. I know you guys are, you guys are someone to, to envy for sure. So, um, I mean, I want to get right into it because we've never actually mm-hmm. spoken to somebody who does what you do on the podcast and we've had like over 50, 60 episodes by now, but I'm really interested because being an author is something that, you know, we hold it in such high regard. Uh, a lot of people, you know, put that on their bucket list. I really want to put my thoughts down or tell my story through a book, but not a lot of people actually accomplish that. Um, why is it so hard to write a book? Um, it's hard like, to start anything because it's a new, it's it's a habit to write a book is a habit to, to put into your life and to start any new habit is difficult. Um, writing a book, you're, you need to write maybe 50, an average 50,000 words. And that's a huge, huge task to accomplish and go through. And to put that in like a daily or weekly thing to do, it's just hard to start. Um, another thing, like when writing a book, a lot of people um, just, it's, it's, especially when it's a business book, is that it's something really personal. You're putting yourself out there and you're worried about people's criticism. You're worried about maybe this won't offer people value. Maybe nobody will want to read or nobody will read it. But you, those are always fears that everybody has no matter what. Every author I've always talked to always has similar fears, but they're so thankful that they 
went through it, started those healthy habits of writing every day and got to, to that finishing line of just publishing, finishing their book. Publishing your book is a whole nother, whole nother ball game though, but it's the, it's hard to just start. Oh, I could imagine. And, and when mm-hmm. you say it like that, writing and publishing are two separate beasts. I mean, that just goes to show you don't know what you don't know. Um, I'm curious though, 50,000 words, that seems like a lot. I remember back in college, writing a 5,000 word paper was like the last thing I had to do to get my degree pretty much. Um, I couldn't <laughs> imagine putting together 50,000 words. How long does that generally take? It depends on every person. And um, there's so many different ways to, because it's your story, you know it. Writing an essay, you'd have, there's so much other research to go through when you're writing it. And plus, I find sometimes when you're writing something that's short, it's harder because you, you have to condense all this information in just in such a small amount of words. Like when I wrote um, I, my thesis, I studied art and culture back in university to write something about, um, I don't know, like, a, like um, Da Vinci, like so hard to do in a thousand words because there's so many different areas about him. Plus, you have to do the research, everything. So it takes more time. But to write a book about your experience, about your business, you would be surprised how quickly all those words come out. Mm-hmm. Telling your truth. It's always easy to tell the mm-hmm. truth. Yeah. yeah. The hardest part, I think, is that with authors, like to write your book, is that um, if you're to write a book, you, you can't write a book until you've um, come across failure. If you have not failed, then you can't write a book because what makes a book really great is that it's something that people can relate to and people can relate to a failure and overcoming failure because that gives people hope and they see that and, and understanding that success doesn't happen overnight. There's people write a book, but not because they've experienced instant success and no failure, but because they've gone through the, um, they've gone through all that work and that the trenches to get where they are today. And that's the story that people want to hear. Because then they can see, how do I do it too? How can I get through to be as successful? How can I relate to this? Because people read business books to get knowledge and value that they can bring into their lives and into their own businesses and processes. Absolutely. And and you know what? When you say it like that, it makes absolutely makes a lot of sense. But I personally didn't think about business books in that way um, that you know, it's a story where you have to experience failure per se. Cause you know, in a movie when we're watching, you know, the main character go through the highs and lows, it's to be expected. But when it's you reading a book that is supposed to be teaching you information, you don't necessarily see it as a storyline the same way. Um, would you say that you apply a lot of the same storytelling um, principles from, you know, what would be uh, in a novel to a business book, or is it completely different? Um, there's some similarities. It's really about writing. The biggest similarity is really coming back to they're both a business. That books are is a business. It's a product. And when you whether it's fiction or nonfiction, is that you need to write your book for your audience. So it's really like depends on who your audience is and what they want to gain from it. So the structure, if, if right, when you look at it from that sense, then it, there are similarities. But the structure is quite different. If it's fiction or nonfiction, there's still going to be failures. There's still going to be ups and downs. In a business book, there's still going to be that climax of like how maybe it's about how the big solution, the crux, like revealing the solution to the crux of the problem. Same with the fiction book is that the hero is in war or something and they're overcoming this huge obstacle that the book's been leading up to. There's still similar points. Mm-hmm. 
So um, one of the things that you specialize in is really guiding people towards, you know, putting their story together in a way that will sell as a good book. Um, like mm-hmm. how, how should somebody know when their story is, is ready to be written? Like, how do you how do you realize that it's time to, to put pen to page and write a book? I think it's like when you realize when people are like it happens a few times when people ask like for your advice and they um and they ask you like it could be friends it could be people that are following you on social media but they're constantly asking for your advice and and when you say something it's not regurgitated information it's new information it's not it might be on Forbes it might be on Inc maybe but you've had you have something more to add more value um, and it could be based on your experiences, based on your story, based on something that you have uncovered. But it's basically is that you have come up with innovation of some innovation that presents value and you want to share it. You know, it's going to help people and you know, it's going to change their lives. You know, it's going to add value to their business. You know that there's going to be huge benefit once they read um, your book and uncover this value that you've that you've found yourself. Mm-hmm. So it's really about like knowing that you have something that people need. Absolutely. So, I mean, I'm an avid reader. Would you consider yourself a reader also? I would assume so. Yes, I read way too much. (laughs) (laughs) So um, what's a good book that you've read lately? Um, Atomic Habits. I... I've been focusing on like working on because I'm an entrepreneur. I own my own business and and having healthy habits, um, especially when you are an entrepreneur, to make yourself real well to put set yourself up for success. Habits create success, and I find that's always the biggest challenge is um, how can I create more habits that are going to give me the success that I want later in life. So so far, it's been a really great book. It really um, I haven't finished it yet because I've been taking it in slowly and um, and activating what I what it's been teaching me so far. But um, it's been great. Like I've been waking up earlier. Um, I feel like I've gone way more done in my um, on my in my life and and at work as well, um, which is great. Like I've um, go out running more stuff like that. But it's easy to say these things like to, I want to go out running, but so every day or once a week. But it's so different when we actually put it into action or not. Oh, absolutely. And I think what you're saying is, is a huge point that people really need to focus on that it's easy to hide behind the books, but it's hard to apply and, and put what you've learned into motion. Mm-hmm. Definitely. So that's why Atomic Habits has been great so far, because it really it's, um, it teaches you how to do what you want to do and stop procrastinating around it. Absolutely. So when you read a book, do you use a pen highlighter? Do you take notes? Because I'm curious, you're a professional book person. You you got the inside scoop. You know things that the rest of us don't know. So, I mean, I like to read my books with a highlighter in hand because I find that when I go back and revisit, it's easier for me to skim and just kind of hit the high notes and, and refresh the main ideas of each chapter, each page. Um, what's your strategy for getting the most out of a book? Um, I do highlight. Um, I actually usually take notes on my phone all the time on my notepad is that I just, I thought something really is inspirational. I'm like, that's really cool. I'm going to like work on that or that's a good article idea or, or anything. I usually, I have my notebook full of just notes from every book I've read. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Awesome. All mm-hmm. right. So as um, a PR agent, would you call yourself a PR agent or like, how would you? Um, PR publicist. Publicist. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, so you're, your career is based off of making other people popular, right? Fair to say? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's very fair to say. 
Okay, so what are some of the mechanisms by which you achieve this? How do you, if you're going to look at me, I just put out a book or I'm putting out a book right now and I'm coming to you, Lida, make me famous. How? <laughs> what's the first step <laughs> of the process? How are you going to help me get my story in front of more people? Mm-hmm. Well, well, you'd be surprised how many people have asked me I want to be famous. Um, <laughs> But the, when when you ask that question, you want to you want to gain. When you say that you want to be famous, um, um, it's different. Is it profitable or is it not? Because um, like being famous is not always profitable, and that's something that you have to look at. My goal is always to um, profits come first. Um, so if you, we can make you famous, but we need to make sure it's aligned with who your target audience is and if they're going to buy your book or buy your buy into your business or products or service. So it's always making sure that what is your real goal, who your target audience is first. Um, and when you say I um, make me famous or I want to be famous, you're looking at long term um, marketing strategies, nothing short term. So you can't, there's no way that I can help make somebody instant successful. You see viral videos, you see people up on Forbes. It took, a, it took six months of may, maybe a year strategy of constant PR work to get that person there and to make that viral video. But there, of course, there's some viral videos that's just a fluke. It went viral. Um, but there, there's a huge process that goes behind the scenes. And one of the biggest things is, is, um, is you first you want to create an audience an active audience for yourself, and then you want to use PR and leverage PR, and they both work together. So the biggest thing first is outline, really provide what is the value that you can provide people, um, and making sure it's unique. You own that value, and you don't want to hide any of it. You want to give it all out, because when people notice that and they see this value and they can actually put it into action right away, then they're, they're gonna, you're going to be the first person that they purchase something from, because they see that you really, that you helped them already. So once, um, and they're going to follow you, they're going to tell you, tell you to their friends, everything. So you want to make sure that you have this, what this, what we need to define what this value is, package it up and give it to people for free. Um, And then once they have used it, then they're going to buy your book, everything, and they're going to follow you. The other, the next thing too, is that you'll automatically slowly gain an audience once you have that. And the media will want to interview you, will want to feature you um, in their publications. So it'd be pitching, you'd slowly pitch, I'd help slowly pitch um, smaller media outlets, so local, nothing national right away, and we'd build it up the ladder. So we'd start small and then grow faster because media wants to know, are you an expert? Can you do an interview? Um, are you trustworthy? They want to make sure like that you can do a good interview before you go to national. So it's like if we pitched um, Inc., for example, right now to um, feature you in an article and they've never, they don't know who you are, you've never done any media interview before, they probably will say no at first. That's why you have to first go to the local media, small-scale media first and grow up. And as you grow up, you're going to be growing an audience as well at the same time. And we need to make sure that that audience is captured on your email database, on your social media, everything. And that's by providing value constantly. Mm-hmm. And I, and I, I feel like that is a, a long-term plan. Like you said, you, you can't just uh, pop up with a silver bullet and expect everything to fall in place, but it's a concerted effort over time. Like you said, habits, rituals, things that you're going to consistently mm-hmm. do to push, push your name, build your brand. 
Yeah. An example is I was working with one author, and she's a local therapist in Vancouver. And at first we pitched um, just local media in Vancouver, and slowly she got interviews, and then she started writing for Huffington Post. Um, and so she probably published articles every single week with Huffington Post, where she just offered value. She didn't promote herself, just offered values, um, and that's it. And then Breakfast Television, which is a um, TV station, a TV show here in Vancouver, actually, the Breakfast Television, I think, is um, Canada-wide as well. So each province and city has its own version. Um, and then they sold, They asked her to interview asked if they could interview her live on TV. And then slowly she actually became a regular um, person on their show. So almost every single month now she is being interviewed with them to not just talk about her book, but just to give credible advice. Her whole um, clinic has grown dramatically just by slowly gaining trust with the media here, but by not just jumping right in, but doing it slowly and consistently. Um, and that way she also built up her own PR and interview skills at the same time. And when she gave that interview with Breakfast Television, she killed it. It was awesome. Mm -hmm. And she's building authority by association because like you said, your alignment with those big recognizable brands, those um, TV channels that people are familiar yeah. with and that they watch on a regular basis, that's that's only mm -hmm. going to bolster your brand and make you uh, more trustworthy when people come across, you know, your work. Mm -hmm, exactly. And it didn't happen overnight. Breakfast Television didn't just call her and say, let's interview you. We didn't just pitch them. We built trust and authority and we built strong relationships with these media outlets. And that's and so not not only is it it's not just a one time interview for her, it, these are consistent interviews every month because they they really see that she offers value. They see that um, their audience loves what she's saying and gives them really good advice so they're they're always going to want her back oh absolutely so you said that you were able to um, get her featured as a regular writer in HuffPost um, was that before the book or after the book after the book so when you are um, a guest writer in a regular publication um, you know maybe you have a column in a newspaper that you're able to get into or a magazine uh, online publication how do you go about doing that? And what kind of articles are you writing? Are these, um, you know, short pieces like 500 words? Or are we talking about editorials? Like, how would you package up something to make yourself available for that kind of opportunity? And what's that process like? Mm -hmm. Yeah, so these are called thought leadership articles. And this is another branch of PR. So this is where we, there's certain publications, and it's always online publications, that um, do offer um, people the opportunity to contribute to their online media outlet. So this would be Huffington Post, Inc., Forbes, um, Business Insider, even BuzzFeed, Thrive. So there's a quite, there's maybe a hundreds of them. And there's like all national media outlets have a strong online presence. And a lot of their online content is coming from contributors through a form of thought leadership article. So these articles are around 500 to 1,000 um, words. And to get in, you first have to write the article. And it needs to be something amazing. It needs to be something that um, has not been written before, maybe you're adding more um, something onto a topic, but it needs to be your opinion and your value, something that you know that Forbes, Inc. or Business Insider's audience 
wants to know and needs to offer value some and an action, something that they can actually do right after, and it cannot be anything to do with promo. Um, if it's anything, any promotion in there, they'll never publish it. Once these um, media outlets like Huffington Post, Forbes, Inc. publishes that article, you actually get instant access to their back end. So that means that you can, you're, you can publish whenever you want at a maximum once a week. Mm. But you just have to get in once. Um, and of course, they can always say no to articles if they don't like it once you're in. But you have a, you basically have login to their contributor platform, and you'll have your bio, your own like profile page on Forbes Inc. and everything, and then you're known as a thought leader on that media outlet. Oh my goodness! I feel like you um, kind of <laughs> just pulled back the the curtain on the Wizard of Oz with that one because <laughs> I think that is. I don't. I definitely don't want to say low hanging fruit because that's still like a monumental accomplishment for somebody who would just be starting out. But even as something that is um, an attainable goal to work towards in the in the medium to near to medium future for some, you know, people who are thought leaders in their own right, I think that is a great way to establish mm-hmm. yourself as somebody who is an authority in a subject matter area. Yeah, definitely. And and thought leaders, these the people that are thought leaders are um, at the top of their business industry. So Chip Wilson is a thought leader. So he writes weekly articles, Forbes, Inc., Business Insider, Globe and Mail. Same with Brian Holmes, writes thought leadership articles on the same ones. So you get top CEOs writing these articles. And the great thing about it is that your articles appear next to theirs. You're getting the same access as them on these media outlet, um, media publications. And um, it's a great way to build authority and trust with an audience because you're reaching, your articles reach an impression of millions of people through these media um, outlets. Absolutely. So you, you spoke about one of your clients who was um, in a service industry with a, a with their own practice, I assume, right? Uh, did you say mm-hmm. a chiropractor? A therapist. Therapist. Okay. So mm-hmm. she's a therapist. How would authoring a book and then strategically publicizing it, how would that contribute to her bottom line at the end of the day? And how are she... I know it might be hard to measure the impact directly, but even, you know, things that you can't necessarily quantify, how is that book, um, you know, making an impact on her bottom line? Like, that's the big question. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the big, well, she's definitely made profit on her book because um, it's been out for, I think, over eight years now. And um, the biggest thing is, is that it it's, it's a book people don't buy a book for money based on its cost. They buy it based on time. So you have to think of it when you're selling a book, you're not selling, you're selling, you're buying time and selling time. It's not about money. Um, I mean, of course it is, it's $20 or on average, but the biggest thing that people hold people back from purchasing a book is their time. But what a book does for your business is that it creates instant trust and it also instantly positions you as an authority and an expert in this industry. When you have a book published, you it, you publish it because you have something to say and you offer value. Once people read your book, they are an instant customer and a lifetime fan of yours. Oh, yeah, for sure. I mean, there's a few people whose books I've bought and, um, you know, maybe I stumbled across some of their marketing material one place or another. But once I read the book, I definitely got a lot deeper into their brand and everything that they published after that, whether that be short form content, videos, um, the book definitely is an accelerant to, to, you know, getting Mm. into that community and being a part of 
what they offer for sure. Mm -hmm. Books, books are the only tool and only product out there that once used and once read can create instant fans. It's the only thing out there that does that. And that's the biggest opportunity for businesses. But there's also a few others. It's a great way to get media attention because media, once they know you have a book, they want to interview you because they know you're an expert. They're like, okay, you published a book. We know that you're an expert in this because you took so much time and energy to write about this subject that you have something to share, that you have value. The other thing, too, is that it actually creates a lot of backlinks on an SEO side for your website. Huge. That's huge right there mm -hmm. for a lot of people, especially if what they do is something that's transactional where, you know, it might not be a, a huge sales cycle like, um, you know, sales training, for example, where, you know, you got to go in and do demos and then sell a VP and stuff. But maybe if you have a service where people could walk in or, or, or a brand that people can buy products from, I think that's going to make a huge impact on, on, you know, brand loyalty, getting people into there and transacting with you on a regular basis mm -hmm. yeah definitely so i have a question um do you blog by chance i try to i try and blog at least once a week mm -hmm. and it's really about um, digital marketing and pr and um and really just offering value of what to do and how to publish your book how to promote your book um and how to build your own brand too so a lot of my clients um, they're not authors yet. They want to be one day, but it's really I'm helping them build their personal brand, grow their audience, and um, get a lot of media attention. Mm -hmm. So would blogging be something that is good practice leading up to becoming an author, just getting in the habit of writing and putting your thoughts down in a way that is easy for people to digest? Or, um, you know, what, what kind of tips do you have for people who might think they have a book in them, but aren't necessarily sure where to start? I guess that's the question. Yeah, if you have a book in you, I think the best way is just to start taking notes um, about your ideas and jotting them down somewhere um, and just making that as a habit when you're thinking about your book. Oh, this would be a good thing to add into my future book or, or this experience I just went through. I should tell that story in my book. Write down that note. You don't have to write the whole thing down, but just um, write a bit, think, something that highlights it so you remember it. And that way, when you're really ready to write that book, you already have all these things that you want to add into it so that way you don't forget it mm -hmm. so have you thought of writing a book have you written a book i i haven't written a book i've written a few like free um ebooks i guess like um social media advice how to publish your book stuff like that but uh, they're only i think they're only 10 20 000 words mm -hmm. um i've thought about it but i don't think i i think i need another 20 years experience in in um in business before i do because i need to um, I need to, I have so much more to grow and learn. Mm -hmm, absolutely. But without a doubt, you are an expert in your own right because you have the mm -hmm. results and you've definitely been able to help people accelerate their success just driven by, uh, just judging by your track record. So, mm -hmm. so I, I feel like <clears throat> you've given me a great sense of the the value that people can get from, you know, publishing a book and, Definitely, we spoke about some of the tips for how to go about getting started and how to leverage, you know, small, smaller media outlets and work your way up to the bigger ones, establish trust and authority. Um, what would be my, my I guess is one of my last questions, um, but what would be the difference between self-publishing and trying to get in with, you know, a big publishing house? Um, do you think, obviously, a big publisher is going to have a greater reach? But um, they'd probably be harder to deal with if you're coming out of obscurity as just a CEO that no one's ever heard of 
or, um, you know, say an ex-athlete or somebody who just has a story versus an established public figure who, you know, might already have some pull. Um, is there a is there benefits and drawbacks to self-publishing or going with a big publishing house? Um, there's benefits in both and there's also side effects in both, too. Um, like the biggest difference is, is that you need it needs to be aligned with your goals. Um, so if, as a business owner, you, do you want to own your book or do you not? Are you, are you okay with selling the rights to your book? Oh, is that, is that really how it goes? Like they, they mm -hmm. pretty much own your work. Yeah. So if you choose self-publishing, that means you're the publisher. So you have, you're paying for the editor, you're paying for the structural edit, you're paying for the typeset, the graphic design, you're buying your books, but you own everything. So you get to you get the final word, the final say on everything. You get a hundred percent of the profits. You the, like you own it. You get to decide like the direction, everything. If you do a traditional publisher, then you're selling your book, and you might get ten percent of the profits, Ooh. depending on your contract. But also, if they are taking out, let's say they want to take out five chapters, they can do that, and they don't need your permission. Wow, that I, I did not know that. Mm -hmm. I I know one author. Um, he he was a New York Times bestseller selling author, and he bought back all of his books from his traditional publisher, and then self published it after, just because he wanted to re add chapters that they removed. He wanted to, like he wanted more control of his book, um, and he wanted all the profit. Mm -hmm. I don't blame him at all. I mean, if you're gonna tell the story, tell the whole story. Mm -hmm. But the same thing is is that the traditional publisher they publish great books. They do a really great job. They have great editors. They have great structural edits. They do great graphic design on like the cover. And when you're self-publishing it, is that you need you, the hardest part is that you need to have that same result. You need to achieve that same professional result. And that's where you need to hire somebody or work with a team that can help give you those services to make sure that your book is published at the same level as a traditional publisher. Because a lot of self-published books the quality is not the same and it's really noticeable and that's what hurts them the most. Absolutely. So people do judge. Yeah, people do judge a book by its cover. I do it all the time. I mean, mm -hmm. when I go through Indigo or Chapters, um, yeah, it's exactly that. I'm I'm picking up books based on what the cover looks like. If the jacket of the book is like super high glossy versus like that matte finish or if it's you know, very thin, small book compared to the one that might be, you know, 250, 300 pages, like all of those things go into how you perceive the value within the book before you ever pick it up. Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely. Wow. Well, okay, Lita, this has been amazing. I mean, we could probably talk all day. This is something that not a lot of people specialize in, not a lot of people I come across in my everyday life. So I was super curious, had a ton of questions, but I think one thing I, I really got to know, um, what separates you from the other PR uh, people in the world, the people who are trying to do the same things as you? I mean, we all are trying to, you know, strive and be the best. But when you look at yourself versus other people who do what you do, um, what do you think is your superpower that allows you to shine and make the greatest impact for the people you work with? Yeah, I think like um, the biggest one is that um, I guess it's a two-sided answer is that I'm a full stack marketer. Uh, so I know everything from SEO, um, PR, digital marketing, lead generation, email marketing, everything. Um, so I offer, I build custom strategies that are aligned with 
that's my client's goals. But before we even get there, I help, I make sure that they have a business plan. They know what their revenue, we know what their revenue model looks like. We know what their budget looks like. We know what their value, who their target audience is. And once that's all that's laid out, then we create this, this marketing that goes with what their goals are, what their budget is, and what they want to achieve in six months to a year. So everything is oriented to and customized to their business and their goals. Because with PR, if it's not, if you don't have it aligned with your goals and or who your target audience is, you're spending, you're wasting time and spending too much money on things, an interview that might not give you any results. It, of course, it'll be a great interview, but it needs to give you results at the end of the day too. Um, but I think like my biggest superpower is definitely storytelling. It's uncovering my clients' actual stories of what the audience wants and what the media wants. And because my background is in communication and um, art and cultures, I know what people find interesting and what could go viral. Like last year alone, I worked six months with Huffington Post to release an article with, for one of my clients. And it took us six months to release, but it was worth it because, um, one, we, I helped her uncover what her real story was. And, and that took us a, lot, a little bit of time, too. But the result was is that this article went viral, had a million reach with um, people, a million people read it within the first 24 hours. Huffington Post, the editor-in-chief, made it her top article of the week. They also flew out their photographers, or they're going to fly out their photographers to do a follow-up with my client. Plus, Yale University asked her to speak to 700 of their students. Um, on the topic. So that one article, yes, it took us a lot of time, but the results was huge for her. Um, and she can say she had a viral article. Yeah, to say the least. I mean, when you're standing up in front of a bunch of people at Yale, those are some, uh, those are some opinions that you wouldn't mind swaying because who knows what, what else they're going to do after they leave that classroom. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Hey, I think that a lot of the information you gave us today is not only helpful for people who are publishing books, but any form of content. I mean, from um, building your audience to understanding your story to really honing in on what's more important to you. Is it the fame or the fortune? You know, establishing your authority, who you associate with, what channels you publish your stuff on, building habits that are going to allow you to, you know, do things that are going to help the end cause. I think yes, this is how, this is the formula for putting out a super popular, effective book. But in general, if you're publishing anything, this is the formula to success, I would say. Mm-hmm. No, thank you. Absolutely. So I really appreciate you uh, stopping by today, spending some time with us. Where is the best place for listeners to connect with you? Uh, you can connect with me on Instagram at Lida underscore McClellan and then on my website, talk plus tell. So that's T-A-L-K-P-L-U-S-T-E-L-L.com. All right. And I'll definitely put links to those right here in the description on the podcast. So you don't got to leave. You could just click through right now. Go check her out. I definitely appreciate it. It's been awesome. I know that I'm going to be seeing you. Even if I don't see you, I'll probably see you through one of these books that I pick up sooner or later because it takes a lot of people to put it out to the masses. And now I've met one of the wizards, one of the wizards behind the curtain who's putting out these awesome books. So thank you very much for stopping by. Appreciate your time. Mm -hmm. Thank you. Thank you, too. Yeah. Um, on my Instagram, uh, Lida. Oh, um, Lida, my goodness, McCallan. I'm sorry. Oh. <laughs>
sure everybody gets fighting. How many times did I say Lita? Did I say it once or did I say it every time? I think you said okay, it once. Okay, good. Cool. Lita. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and then um, on my... <laughs> um, on my uh, I'll, I'll say it again. 